You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. Okay, I really want us to stay in the sweet presence of the Lord as we invite Rick to come. Um, This is a miracle. I want you to know this is a miracle that Rick is bringing the word to us today because as pastor met with the staff on Wednesday over a uh, conference call, he said, well, who's going to preach? And there was silence on the phone. And then all of a sudden, Rick Baumgartner said, I will. Rick never volunteers to preach. He can And he will, but he doesn't usually volunteer for it. So it's with great joy that we welcome Rick to bring a word today. Thank you. Now, I'm going to tell you how it really happened. Um, So Thursday, we were on this conference call. And right away, I volunteered Linda and Michelle. (laughs) And, And right away, they said a resounding no. So Rick was trying to figure out maybe he could ask one of his friends, uh, another pastor or something to come. And all of a sudden I heard this voice say, I'll do it. And I recognized that voice, but I couldn't believe he spoke up when he did. So anyway, I, I want to share something that God has been doing in my heart. Uh, and, and I want to ask a quick question here. So do you ever feel like you're an, an inadequate Christian? So you don't all have to raise your hands, but I'll raise mine. So um, every once in a while, I just kind of get this sense like, wait, there's, well, I'm not quite measuring up, or I, I just don't, I'm missing something, or I'm lacking, maybe I'll grow into it. Um, well, I want to talk today about how we already have it all, and uh, maybe convince you as much as I've convinced myself in going over this. So let's pray. Lord, we just uh, come to you now with open hearts, open minds. Lord, open the ears of our spirits so that we can hear the truth, Lord, and know that it's all in us because you're in us. So we pray this in Jesus' name now. Amen. I I want to um, read a passage of Scripture. I'll tell you, Second Peter has never been one of my favorite books. I and mean, it's not that I have anything against it. It's just that little book tucked in back there, you know, and you want to get to Revelation or just kind of pass by. Well, I, in my devotions uh, within the past couple weeks here, I've been reading in Second Peter. And it's not one of my favorite books yet, but one of my all-time favorite passages of Scripture is found in it. And that's what I want to share today. So I'm going to read Second Peter did I say first? Second Peter, chapter one. Uh, this is verse, or these are verses three through eight. And um, Michelle prepared. Yeah, she's boy. Michelle's so good. She prepared slides at the last minute. So um, let's read through this together uh, with our hearts open. Everything we could ever need for life and complete devotion to God has already been deposited in us by His divine power. For all this was lavished upon us through the rich experience of knowing him who has called us by name and invited us to come to him through a glorious manifestation of his goodness. As a result of this, he has given, now it says you, P 
Peter's writing to the church, but all the yous I'm going to change to us's and we's. By the way, we know that Peter's writing to us because in, in, in verse 1 above it says, I am writing to those who have been given faith, a faith as equally precious as ours through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. We've been given faith and it's every bit as precious as the apostles' faith. So this letter's written to us. Okay, picking back up. For all this was lavished upon us through the rich experience of knowing him who has called us by name and invited us to come to him through a glorious manifestation of his goodness. As a result of this, he has given us magnificent promises that are beyond all price so that through the power of these tremendous promises, we can experience partnership with the divine nature. So devote yourselves to lavishly supplementing your faith with goodness and to goodness add understanding and to understanding add the strength of self-control and to self-control add patient endurance and to patient endurance add godliness and to godliness add mercy toward your brothers and sisters and to mercy toward others add unending love. Since these virtues are already planted deep within and you possess them in abundant supply, they will keep you from being inactive or fruitless in your pursuit of knowing Jesus Christ more intimately. Okay, I would like to go back through this verse, or these verses, and just point out some things that just leaped off the page to me. And uh, it's really an amazing passage of Scripture. And it starts out with a very important word, everything. Everything. So, so what's left out of everything? Nothing. So this is saying that everything we need for life and for a devoted Christian life has already been deposited in us. Um, and it's interesting how it, and why it's been deposited. It's been deposited not by anything we've done. It's been deposited by God's divine power. Is that very powerful? Yeah, I think God's divine power is the most powerful thing. And that power has deposited everything in us that we need for life and devotion to him. And how did he do it? He did it by inviting us to know him. That was our part of the whole thing, just knowing God, knowing Jesus. All of us in here know Jesus as our Savior. So, everything we could ever need for life and our Christian walk has been deposited in us. Now, this is the Passion Translation. Sometimes people say, yeah, but what does the Bible really say? So, this is the NIV version of that same verse. Peter does not, oh, that's the wrong, wait a minute, here we go. This is the, the NIV version of that same verse. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. So now we know what the Bible really says. It says everything we need for life and our devotion to God has been deposited deep within us by his divine power through knowing him. I just think that 
that truth goes almost beyond belief. It is so good. Okay, continuing on, another point that really um, stood out to me here are these promises. You know, Peter calls these magnificent promises and tremendous promises. So they're pretty good promises. And what do they do for us? We've been given these promises so we can experience partnership with the divine nature. Do you want to have God as a partner? You're going to be successful if you've got God as a partner? Man, and he invites us and he gives us all we need to be able to step into that role with him, to become partners in the divine nature. Well, I, you know, it, what it doesn't say here is what those promises are, so I'm going to come back to that. But let's go on here for now. Um, the next thing it talks about is a whole list of what Peter later calls virtues. If, if you look at this list, it sounds a lot like Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit, but let me read through this again. So, supplement your faith with goodness. To goodness add understanding. To understanding add strength of self-control. To self-control add patient endurance. To patient endurance add godliness. To godliness add mercy. And to mercy add unending love. So we've got faith, goodness, understanding, self-control, patient endurance, godliness, mercy, and love. Now, to me, the important thing here is to understand this is not a stepping stone thing. Like, you know, we don't, okay, look, I'm going to focus on my faith, and when it gets strong enough, then I'm going to move on to goodness. And when I get good enough, then I'll move on to understanding and so forth. That's, that's really not what, what Peter is saying here. And Peter's saying is focus on all of these things. These are part of the divine nature. They're part of God's DNA. I know God doesn't have DNA, but that's a good analogy. These things are of God. They're part of him. So it's kind of like, you know, you're, you're, you're making an omelet. It's the only thing I could think of. So you've got this recipe in front of you. It says, take eggs a little milk, some onions, some green pepper, whatever else you want to put in there. And then you get to the point in the recipe where it says, combine all ingredients. That's what Peter is saying here. Combine these ingredients as we walk our walk with the Lord. And uh, it goes on then to say, since these virtues are already planted deep within you. That's not, it doesn't say as you progress or grow in your faith or mature, these virtues of God will be planted in you. It says already. They've already been planted in us. Uh, we don't have any excuses. And so, how were they implanted in us? Well, they were implanted in us by him and we actually grow in them as we know him more and more it says these virtues will keep you from being inactive or fruitless in your pursuit of knowing Jesus Christ more intimately what I love about this passage is how it's beginning and ending is so parallel it starts out by saying everything you need has been deposited in you. And it ends by saying all these virtues 
have been planted deep within you. The concept's exactly the same. And how is that done? Through knowing God and through knowing him more intimately. Our role really is to allow the Holy Spirit to release these virtues. So I want to go back to the promises. And I've, um, I've got a couple people that are going to pass out a handout here. Um, and I'll keep talking until you've got the handout in front of you. Uh, I, I, I started looking for promises in the Bible, promises that God has made. And uh, I had this little book um, called Bible Promises. And uh, it's 143 pages. And on every page, there are four or five promises. So after I'd gone through the first 73, I stopped and said, that's enough. I'm going to just go with the ones that I want to talk about today. So don't come up to me after the service and say, Rick, you left this one out. That's a good promise. Well, of course it is. Um, but these are the ones I want to focus on today. And I'm the speaker, so I can do that. Um, okay, so uh, I, I've got 15 here, and I'm not going to go through all 15 because we don't have time. And, uh, but I do want to hit on a couple of really, really good ones. So when you became a Christian, what was one of the biggest promises that drew you to the Lord? I don't know about you, but for me it was eternal life the promise of eternal life. So uh, look at John 5, 24. I've given you some of these verses on the handout. Some of them you, you have to look up on your own. I'm going to read a few of them here, maybe a couple that are they're just cited there. But look at John 5, 24. I assure you, those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. Now, the word promise doesn't appear there, but that's a statement of fact. That's an implied promise. We can stand on that. It goes on to say they will never be condemned for their sins, but they have already passed from death into life. Now, that was Jesus speaking. I think we can take that as the truth. Um, of course, John 3.16, I think we all know that. I, I, I learned that verse, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him shall never perish but shall have eternal life. This is the way the Passion Translation words this. I kind of like it. It's, uh, it's, it's harder to memorize, though. But anyway, this is how it, it says it. For this is how much God loved the world. He gave his only one unique son as a gift. So now everyone who believes in him will never perish, but will experience everlasting life. Okay, uh, I'm going to skip over salvation. The promise of salvation is just as powerful, and it's just kind of fits right in there with eternal life. Look, one that has meant a of, been of growing importance to me because I'm beginning to understand more and more what it means is the promise of having free access to the presence of God. In, in the service today, we, we, we heard words about that and we entered into his presence and, and, and dwelled there for a while. But, you know, Israel couldn't do that. The, the, the high priest was the only person that could actually enter into the presence of God who did it once a year on the Day of Atonement. And, and it, was, it was such a rite, and I don't know if this is true or not, but I hear, I've heard this, that, that they, they tied a rope on, around one of his ankles so that if he didn't come out after a while, 
they figured they had to pull his dead body out because he'd done something wrong. Isn't it great that we don't have to worry about that? That, that we're invited into his presence? A couple of these scriptures are just true, too good to be, well, not too good to be true. We know they're true. Romans 5.2, our faith guarantees us permanent access into this marvelous grace that has given us a perfect relationship with God. Hebrews 10.19, and now we are brothers and sisters in God's family because of the blood of Jesus and he welcomes us to come right into the most holy sanctuary in the heavenly realm, boldly and with no hesitation. That means so much to me. I think it means so much to all of us. We can come face to face, we can worship God without fear of penalty. We're invited as members of his family. Well, okay, let's go on to hope. We, we, we've read that beautiful, beautiful word on hope that, to, by the way, that, that was given to Anne some years ago, and, and it's wonderful to use it over and over. Hope is so important in our lives. And look at this scripture, Hebrews 6, 16 through 20. And now we have run into his heart to hide ourselves in his faithfulness. This is where we find his strength and comfort for he empowers us to seize what has already been established ahead of time, an unshakable hope. We have this certain hope like a strong, unbreakable anchor holding our souls to God himself. Our anchor of hope is fastened to the mercy seat which sits in the heavenly realm beyond the sacred threshold and where Jesus, our forerunner, has gone before us. The world at times seems so hopeless. We are never, ever hopeless. We always have hope. Always have hope. And it's unshakable. Um, mercy and grace I combine together. They're separate, but a lot of times in the Bible you see them combined together, mercy and grace. We've got a couple songs we sing about, we sing and they're combined. So uh, look at this. This is Hebrews 4.16. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it. Those are promises. Promises of God given to us. You'll, you'll notice most of, this, of the scriptures that I've cited are from the New Testament. The Old Testament just has a wealth of these, especially in the Psalms. And a couple of them I have included from the Psalms. Psalm 55, 22. Leave all your cares and anxieties at the feet of the Lord and measureless grace will strengthen you. What a promise. Okay, just a couple more. Forgiven, Ephesians 1.7. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Acts 10.43. But all the prophets agree in their writings that everyone who believes in him receives complete forgiveness of sins through the power of his name. Well, peace, love, made holy, the promise that we've been made holy, the promise of the giving of the Holy Spirit, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, the promise of righteousness. Did you know you're promised that you are righteous? The Bible says that. Um, reconciliation. 
It's more than just forgiveness. If you're reconciled to someone, you, you, you are once again in, in harmony with them. We've been reconciled to God. We're in harmony with him. Beyond that, we're members of his family. Rest. Bob Combs always cites the verse that says, he gives his beloved rest. That's a promise. He does that. We've been made heirs to the kingdom. I want to just read this last one. Uh, I didn't know where else to put Psalm 91.14 than under a topic of everything. We've been promised everything. It, it, is, it is just so broad. So let's read this. Because of you, uh, excuse me, because he, now here the he is not God. The, this is God speaking. The he is anyone who believes or loves God. Okay, so that's all of us. So God says, because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him. I will honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. All those hymns can be hers, too. Okay. You know, there's over seven promises in that short passage. But it all boils down to everything. We have everything placed within us that we need to live and to be devoted to God. I just have to come to grips with the truth of that and thank God for it. That's all I can do. So Father, we thank you that it's part of your plan. Part of your plan was not just to save us, not just to forgive our sins, but to deposit deep within us virtues that are yours alone, but now you've given them to us. Part of your DNA has been deposited deeply within us, Lord. So our prayer today is that you would help us to learn to release you more and more in our lives. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.